The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, a coach is important to keep you on trend, relevant, and competitive. Welcome to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. Your host is Michael Dawson, along with co-hosts Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. If you're looking to launch or grow your business, listen to what our guests have to say about winning in the game of business and important industry topics. Now, here's your host, Michael Dawson. Good morning. Welcome to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production, a company that takes entrepreneurs from dreaming to doing. I'm your host, Michael Dawson, with Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. Thank you for joining us today on ESCN. Welcome to our second show of the season. We have a great show topic for you today entitled, Little Things Can Cost You Millions, such as accepting too much responsibility, not delegating things, or assuming too much debt, or just making decisions without the right data analytics. But as part of our discussion today, we have a pre-recorded session from Reggie Smith at one of our previous events. I am here with Reggie Smith, uh, entrepreneur here in Aurora, ex-NFL player. Reggie, tell the audience a little bit about your background as far as your playing days, high school, where you're from, where you went to college, and so forth as being a student athlete. I, uh, I grew up in Chicago on the uh, south side. I grew up in Inglewood, uh, and I had no designs of um, playing football when I went to high school. I, uh, I followed my brother to CVS, uh, and you know when you're a little brother, wherever your brother goes, you want to you wanna go there. So that's why I went to CVS. It was uh, no glamour involved just because my brother went. Um, my freshman year... Um, I was a kid who, you know, like most 14-year-olds, you know, trying to fit in with the crowd. And in the city, you take either two L's or two buses or three buses to get to school. Uh, So on the last bus ride, uh, going down 87th Street, you park, it stops right in front of the school. Um, And this day, it's the first cigarette and the last cigarette I smoked. But I was on the back of the bus kid handed me a cigarette, I smoked a cigarette. Disciplinarian back then, it was a tradition for him to get on buses to, you know, kind of walk kids into school. And he walked on and I had the cigarette. He grabbed me, took me into his office, uh, said, you have two options. You're going to play football or you're going to be suspended. Uh, you know, you guys hadn't met my grandmother, so I didn't want to go home suspended. You know, that was not an option. So he, he uh, grabbed me, took me to the football coach, and name was John Pataki. I mean, he was uh, big, had a bent nose, you know he got it in a steel mill fighting somebody. Uh, and he basically laid the law down and told me, and I'm going to use some kind words, he kicked my butt, uh, and he meant it because when he, when he said it, he had my, his hand on my chest, and I was pressed against the wall. Um, <laughs> 
So that started my football career. I really didn't have a love at that time for the game. But at that moment, I didn't realize it, but I, that was my journey to learning about team, learning about discipline, learning about hard work, learning what it meant to overcome adversity, recognize adversity for what it is. Uh, again, at 14, you don't know how to articulate that. You don't know what's happening, but that started the journey. Um, and then I went out for the team. It was a strange story back in those days. 150 guys came out for CVS football because we were city champs. We always played the public league, uh, excuse me, the Catholic league and the city championship. So, and they only gave out 60 uniforms, 65 uniforms, because that's all they had. Uh, I went out, didn't make the team, didn't get any equipment. And the coach says, well, if you hang around, somebody will quit. <laughs> so about 15 of us hung around. And unfortunately, I was, on the, I was on the end of that 15. So I was cut, and I was cut again, because I was the last guy. <laughs> I had to wait for 14 guys to quit before I got mine. So fortunately, the first day goes back, a couple of guys got tired of waiting in line, so they dropped out, so I got promoted. I moved up the line. Um, so finally the third day, and, and the deal was, whoever quit, you got their equipment. So unfortunately for me, a running, I was a lineman, a running back quit, small guy. <laughs> and as he was running off, the coach said, Smith, go get his equipment, and I ran behind him. I put on his equipment, and I came out of the locker room, and I swear, it was Baby Huey. The helmet stuck up here, nothing fit. Uh, I practiced like that for two days until a lineman quit, and I was able to get his equipment. Uh, and at the, by the end of that year, I was second team getting some playing time. Uh, and then the, my, uh, by the end of uh, that year, I was a starter. And I started for the next two years. Uh, but Moving on to college, someone told me that if you keep working, you may have a chance at the next level. At that point, I had never thought about going to college. Couldn't pay for it. It maybe was a dream going to community college or something. But I says, okay, I can work hard. Um, and lo and behold, by the end of my junior year, the uh, scouts start noticing me. Uh, they really noticed uh, one player was All-American at my school, and he just happened to see me show up on, uh, on film. Uh, and I got that opportunity uh, to go to the next level. Uh, and the reason I, I, I stayed with football, and you guys remember back in the day, the football players on Fridays, they throw their jerseys on and they walk around the, the school. I don't know if they still did it, but all, they do it. But all I know is the football player walking down the hall with his jersey, all the girls around the football player. I, I gotta get me one of those. So that was the motivation. I needed one of those jerseys because they wouldn't talk to me without it. Um, so went on to uh, University of Kansas, got a full scholarship to the University of Kansas and that led to just being happy there. So when I got there, I knew that I was gonna graduate and get an education, because there was no other option for me. I had already won the lottery. It, was that, it wasn't gonna get any better, and I ended up uh, not playing my first year. I had a story like Corey, my freshman year, being homesick, called my grandmother and says, Grandma, I wanna come home. Uh, I'm quitting this. And she says, okay, baby, where you gonna live? So I'm sure you had to say, so I had to stay. Uh, by the end of my uh, 
Uh, south, by the second game of my sophomore year, I was a starter. The starter went down, I went in, and he never got his job back. I was sophomore All-American that year, uh, and the next year somebody said, actually a, a, a scout said, hey kid, if you keep working, you might have a chance at the next level. And I kept working. Had no designs, and I was fortunate enough to be drafted by two leagues. Back then it was the USFL and the NFL. I was drafted by the Tampa Bay Bandits in the USFL and the Denver Broncos in the NFL and ended up playing uh, six, six and a half years, both for the um, USFL Tampa Bay Bandits, Denver Broncos, Dallas Cowboys, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, kind of lived out of a suitcase, but it was, it was a blessing. Wow, no, that's, no, that's, you took care of about three of them, which is good. <laughs> so, so you played, what, six years in the NFL, uh, multiple teams. How did you get through the adversity of being, you know, one, one team one day, next team the next? How did you keep that motivation going, even that love to keep going when you knew you know, I'm cut here but have to keep going to that next, that next team? What was that like? That's a very interesting question simply because I was never a guy that, that was blessed with all the talent. Uh, if I didn't work hard and if I wasn't passionate about it, I wouldn't have been able to have the success that I had. So that was my driver. Uh, and that ended up being why I didn't uh, go to those tryouts that, that Corey mentioned, that um, the, the passion left. It became such a business that it was time to do something else because I wasn't good enough to play just for a check. Had I been, I probably would have, but I wasn't good enough to play on talent alone. So in that, was that in your sixth, fifth year, sixth year? When did you start thinking of that, and, and then how did you transition out of that? When did you say, that's it, and it's time to move on? What, what made you decide that? The funny thing about transition, and uh, I think sometimes we we mistake that word uh, transition as something that happens now. We transition throughout our entire life. Uh, and transitioning from one team to the next, transitioning from no money to having money. I mean, I was 21 years old, got a sign-in bonus and signed a contract, and I was the wealthiest person in my family. Uh, and that's heavy. Uh, so you don't have anybody in your circle that you can talk to that knows anything about money. Uh, so the only thing they know is give me some of that. Uh, and one of my first transition, again, I didn't realize what was happening then, is that between my first year and second year, if I didn't make the team, I would have been dead broke. I didn't do drugs, didn't buy anything fancy, I gave it away. Uh, what I realized later is that I felt guilty for my success. Uh, coming from my area, the area that I came from, I didn't know how to say no. I learned real fast, no is my favorite word now, but uh, I didn't know. And now when I look back, I, I, I'm present to what happened uh, and why a lot of guys feel that way. And it's guilty for your success and not knowing how to tell your loved ones no. Thank you so much. We need to take a short pause for a commercial break. We'll be right back. Fifty entrepreneurs, one weekend, dynamic results. Will you make over one million dollars in your business this year? If not, you need to be here. The Breakthrough Business Challenge Weekend, October 9th through the 10th, 
in Oak Brook, Illinois. Let's face it, we've all been kept awake by business concerns like, how can I launch and grow a successful business? And how will I finance it all? At the Breakthrough Business Challenge weekend, you will meet with nationally recognized entrepreneurs, coaches, and industry leaders to work on your business and learn how to get clear about your future and align your activities to achieve your goals. Join our panel discussion on financing the dream with Wintrust Bank, VEDC, and former NFL player, now angel investor, Mr. Corey Mays. Are you ready for executable strategies that you can use on Monday morning? If so, get started today on your goals of becoming a better leader, creating your desired results, and building the life you dream of at the Breakthrough Business Challenge Weekend. Sign up today by calling 630-613-7360 or visit our website at www.bbcweekend.com. Space is limited. Secure your seat today. 630-613-7360 or visit our website at www.bbcweekend.com. IC3U, a premier virtual entrepreneurial university. Just like in sports, you need a great coach in the game of business. Enroll in IC3U for entrepreneurial skill and agility to play and win big. IC3U offers academically grounded curriculum coupled with practical application delivered to you globally and virtually. Our coaches are in the game with you from assessment to immersion. As you move through the program, you meet with course-specific experts to work on your tailor-made roadmap to success. Participants receive accelerated learning industry and client navigation skills, as well as a developed enhanced leadership capacity for sustainability. For your customized roadmap, send us a note at www.i-coach360.com or call us at 630-613-7360. Is your brand easily recognizable? Does your target market know exactly what you do? Innovative Concepts Unlimited helps small businesses promote their products and services, as well as showcase their stories of speakers and coaches. Our capabilities include cutting-edge media solutions, such as high-definition commercials, applications to keep you connected to your customers, and creative and graphic branding design. Get started today on the path to enhancing your brand. Call us at 708-516-0778 or visit our website at www.icunlimited.net. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. To reach our live program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send questions or comments to ESCN at i-coach360.com. Now, back to the show. We're back. Thank you so much for everybody tuning back in to ESCN and iCoach 360 production. Now we're going to tune back in to the second part of Reggie Smith's pre-recorded interview. Now today, you know, you're an entrepreneur. How did that 
get you going from NFL to being an entrepreneur? What are the, some of the things you're doing in that area right now? And how is that differ? And how has it helped you in some way from the NFL to be an entrepreneur today? Well, again, like, like most of my life, I'm blessed. Uh, things kind of just happened. Uh, I was finished playing, and a guy I went to high school with and uh, a guy that uh, we went to college with, I was living in Dallas. They were in Chicago, uh, and my buddy was working for a company for about a year, uh, and he called and says, hey, I'm doing this company. I think we can do this thing ourselves. I wasn't smart enough to say no at the time, so I moved back to Chicago, and we basically started a, a litigation support business. Uh, we uh, ran that business for 18 years before we sold it, uh, having as many as 120 employees and working with the top 50 law firms uh, here in Chicago. Very successful uh, business. Uh, and it started from a, a buddy calling and saying, hey, I think we can do this. Uh, and that was uh, my entrepreneurial uh, indoctrination. Um, and when I see a company, uh, ESCN, that has a map, a road map, a road map that I wish I had. I mean, I've gone through the school of hard knocks. I know what it's like to miss a payroll. I know what it's like before I miss that payroll to go to your, your best client and sit in that client's office until they cut a check. Not because you're, uh, you're money hungry, because you have employees that need to go pay their rent and you need to get that, that check there. You know, so I know what it is, and I know that if the question that I would ask any entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial is what, uh, what hours do you want to work? If they don't tell me 24, then you know we need to have another conversation because it never stops. You don't take vacation. You you take vacation, but your mind never stops. It is always working because you can't um, uh, stop. Uh, my partner wants. Uh, an employee came in and had some gripes, uh, and he had a, a real interesting answer. Um, he looked at, at this employee, and he is probably tired of the gripes, but he says, you know, you're lucky. You can leave. I can't. And that's the model of an entrepreneur. The business, you don't own a business. It owns you. And once you become present to that, that's when you, um, you're starting to realize the knocks. And that myth about if you're in business for five years, you've made it, I was in for 20 and I never made it. So I don't know what that is. I don't know what success level making it is, but uh, I wish I would have attained it because that grind never stopped. So with, the, with that being said, so, so what are some things or what is one particular thing that you wish you would have known then that you know now about being an entrepreneur that would have maybe saved you some of that? Is, is there one thing that could have helped you uh, back then? Wow, short of a time machine, man. <laughs> if I was 30, man, I'd rule the world. <laughs> uh, but I, I, it would be to find a mentor, find uh, someone that, um, uh, and Corey talked about it, find someone that uh, has done it, find someone that is credible, that is willing to give you their time, because it's invaluable. If, if I would have had the proper coaching, someone that says, 
that there's a pothole, you might want to go around it. Uh, because you really don't need anyone to give you motivation, fire, and drive, because you have that. That's, that's in there. It's those little things that you, you do that can cost you millions, literally, uh, that someone can say, you might want to go around, you might not want to buy a Rolex today. Uh, you might want to create an asset and then go buy yourself a, a, a Rolex. But when you're young and you're inundated with all of these uh, images of success, um, at, at 52 now, success looks different to me than it did at 22. It has different values, it has a different look. You know, I know where the blessings are. Um, and my success now is my wife, my children, and to see them have success. And I don't, I, when people say success again, it's always financial. That, it, that is actually at the bottom of the list. I would not have understood that 20 years ago. That's a good answer. And, and I guess my last question is kind of a two-part question. Uh, speaking to NFL athletes or any pro athlete today that say is going to retire in the next two to three years, what would you say to him or her, number one? And then number two, what would you say to that young student athlete that's maybe in high school or maybe even in middle school that has aspirations to move up and go to college and play sports and, and pros? So that's a two-part question. How would you answer both of those? Um, the first or the second question about a, a young kid is uh, have fun, um, play hard, keep your head down, uh, and make sure you have options. Uh, and when you're that young, your, your best option is education. Do that well. Do that as, as well as you play sports. Um, because um, some of this stuff is out of your control. Uh, and it may be uh, not being a good enough athlete. Uh, it may be uh, when you come around, that team uh, didn't need what you have uh, because they, the kid before you got it. It could be anything, so give yourself options and play uh, with passion and play as long as you have the passion but have a backup. Uh, and because the short time that you, you realize that dream of professional sports, the rest of your life is much, much more fulfilling and enjoyable than that short period of time of being, uh, of being an athlete. Now to guys that's, that's retiring, I, I, I get this a lot. I, I serve on the national board of the, uh, of the NFLPA. Uh, and um, again, the word transition, I know 60 year old guys that are transition, that ha transitioning that have nothing to do with finances. They're still living a life that they left 30 years ago. Uh, and they, they, they wake up thinking that. They wake up with the thoughts of 30 years ago. You're in transition whether you realize it or not. Uh, we're all in transition because transition is not a temporary thing. I believe sincerely that transition starts when we're born and it ends when we're laid to rest. And if we're not present to that, we're not present to transition, it's going to be a rough go. Some may call it change uh, because we all have to change or we're going to be we're going to be dominated. Uh, one thought I'd like to uh, uh, leave you guys with this evening, and, and um, 
one thought that I like to share with people about athletes, especially um, professional football players, because I know that demographic. What you've seen here this evening and probably your encounters out, um, most athletes are brilliant people, very smart individuals, doing things in the community. Uh, don't let the small percentage tell you that's who this demographic is. This is a very intelligent demographic that has a lot to say and is doing a, a, a lot in the community. And unfortunately, you have to tell, I have to tell my own demographic that, that they are special, that the things that you've done in your life, you are already a one percenter. And the things that you apply to be a success, you continue to apply simply because you've already done it. You've already done things that people lay awake and even dream about doing. Apply yourself and the transition becomes easy because it's gonna happen. You know, the sun is gonna come up hopefully with or without you be in the game. Wow, that's a, that's a great message, uh, Reggie. And we'll, we'll leave it right there. I, again, we, I appreciate your time and, and ESC and really appreciate you being here with us today and look for many more opportunities to sit down and talk with you and wish you nothing but the best from here forward. Thank you. We really like to thank Reggie Smith for that uh, pre-recorded interview that he did with us uh, at one of our previous events. We're very thankful for the valuable insight that he provided for us in terms of how little things can cost you millions in the game of business. If you're looking for a dynamic speaker for your next event, book Angelia Hobson. Angelia Hobson is an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial coach, trainer, small business advocate, chief strategist, business developer, facilitator, speaker, and author. Her ability to communicate to individuals and large groups and to connect on a personal level have been demonstrated through her many public speaking engagements. She's lectured, taught, and spoken to groups at institutions of higher learning, church conferences, healthcare events, and corporate conferences across the country on topics including entrepreneurship, leadership, sales and business development, marketing and branding, occupational safety, as well as applications of spiritual teachings to create your best life. Passionate and funny, Angelia tells her personal story of strength, determination, tenacity, and a pursuit of legacy. Notable listeners have referred to Angelia as authentic, engaging, and electrifying. Her visionary message has been appealing to broad audiences throughout the years. Book Angelia today for your next event by visiting www.angeliahopson.com or call 630-613-7360. Again, the site is www.angeliahopson.com or call her at 630-613-7360. 50 entrepreneurs, one weekend, dynamic results. Will you make over $1 million in your business this year? If not, you need to be here. The Breakthrough Business Challenge Weekend, October 9th through the 10th in Oak Brook, Illinois. Let's face it, we've all been kept awake by business concerns like 
How can I launch and grow a successful business? And how will I finance it all? At the Breakthrough Business Challenge Weekend, you will meet with nationally recognized entrepreneurs, coaches, and industry leaders to work on your business and learn how to get clear about your future and align your activities to achieve your goals. Join our panel discussion on financing the dream with Wintrust Bank, VEDC, and former NFL player, now angel investor, Mr. Corey Mays. Are you ready for executable strategies that you can use on Monday morning? If so, get started today on your goals of becoming a better leader, creating your desired results, and building the life you dream of at the Breakthrough Business Challenge Weekend. Sign up today by calling 630-613-7360 or visit our website at www.bbcweekend.com. Space is limited. Secure your seat today. 630-613-7360 or visit our website at www.bbcweekend.com. Looking for an inspirational read? Pick up a copy of Entrepreneur Within You, TEW3. Chapter 16 of TEW3 is an excerpt from Angelia's upcoming book, The Truth About Entrepreneurship, where she discusses topics such as how to get from dreaming to doing, award versus spend, supply diversity in America, bootstrapping 101, people will think you're crazy, staying power, networking is not relationship building, and so much more. TEW3 is a national collection of well-regarded entrepreneurs who are trendsetters and visionaries who are passionately pursuing their dreams. Their desire is to empower, equip, and inspire others to do the same while sharing their stories and experiences. Get your copy today at www.i-coach360.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. To reach our live program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send questions or comments to ESCN at i-coach360.com. Now, back to the show. We're back. You're listening to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. Well, that was a great recorded interview that we had by Reggie today, young ladies. We just need to follow up on some of those discussions. I'm quite sure you guys have experienced some things in your business uh, practices about how not taking care of the little things in life can cost you millions. Absolutely. Uh, Reggie talked a lot about that. Um, Anything from knowing all the provisions in a contract to the fine print, right? So um, you talked a little bit at the beginning, Mike, about when to add staff. I tell you, that's a huge one for me. I mean, we've been down this road our, our, on multiple occasions, you and I and a couple other business partners, and, and that, it doesn't change whether you are a 15 or 5-year uh, entrepreneur or whether you just get into the business. When do you add staff uh, to the project? 
it's a, a, a never-ending uh, issue that we seem to have. We've gone through all type of uh, uh, data analytics, and uh, we've done all kind of studies. But for whatever reason, there doesn't seem to be a sweet spot. Uh, and in most cases, you wind up having a lot of overhead uh, without having the revenue to support it. So, yeah, that's one of the major concerns that I have associated with uh, uh, upfront expenses that's costing you. Well, most things, most times when we're having to determine when to add staff, we're really faced with um, the staff that we currently have being stretched too thin. Sometimes we have to balance the ability to have staff to make good, solid decisions with not um, paying too much for that overhead. And so it's always going to be a tough balance. But when we get to the point as entrepreneurs where we can't make quality decisions because we are either overworked or we're spread too thin, then that's one indicator of when you would need to add add staff. And that's, and that's sometimes a decision that's separate from the cost question. If you can afford to add staff, you need to add staff because that usually gives you a broader bandwidth. And then it allows you to actually generate more revenue. Um, sometimes you have to add staff before it's obvious that that, that there is more revenue available to pay for staff. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's, that's just one that's way to look at it. That's the, that's the linchpin. That's the hanging linchpin for me, Diane, I tell you. Because I've been caught behind the eight ball, and maybe I'm just not doing a pretty good job of, uh, of being able to determine when the revenue is going to start. But I've been mm-hmm. front-loaded on a lot of occasions with having staff on board and three, six months, and the revenue has not kicked in yet. So, Right. But those are always also tied to other decisions like strategic direction and product. And so if we have the proper product placement and um, we just need a little bit more effort and energy to either sell the product or make the product um, available in a proper way, so it's all tied together. Uh, unfortunately, it's all uh, um, a balance. You know, which is why when Reggie said, when he asks entrepreneurs how many hours a day they want to work, if they say anything less than 24 hours, he suggests <laughs> that's the wrong answer, right? <laughs> right, because because at, at, at each point you have to balance all of these pieces. And it's not always the case that it, it rests only on one person's shoulders. You know, every step of the way, you're constantly making decisions about what, works and what doesn't work and so yeah i know what you mean about it being the linchpin though uh michael it's it's always a challenge but it can be done it can, it can definitely be done so so let's let's look at it in in uh segments so let's talk about that startup entrepreneur in their basement or at their dining room table so to your point diane they are completely overworked and to Reggie's point, they're working the 24 hours a day, but yet the revenue's not there yet. What, what do you tell that entrepreneur? Well, I would tell that entrepreneur to, to review, you know, strategies. So, so it's all about, is it the right product? Is it the right service that you're offering? And where is that niche, right? So if it is not someplace that is generating revenue, then the question is, what business are you in and are you in the right business? You know what I mean? So it's not, it's not always that, you need more staff and more help to find it. It is, is it the right time, right? It, and, and are you focused in the right areas? Um, all of those things relate to your strategy. You know, that's Let, what I would tell that entrepreneur. Yeah, let's assume it's the right business, it's the right time, and this person is in that basement. 
and they're pounding mm-hmm. away, loading up their database with all their contacts, and they're fielding questions, and they're trying to get their uh, their uh, graphics and all the other marketing material available. But there's other opportunities out there in the same niche market that they should be trying to go after. How can that mm-hmm. one body or one person uh, handle that responsibility, which is one of my other major issues in terms of things that can cost you. Are you just accepting too much responsibility as an individual? And, you know, it's, that's true. That's debatable, and I would say that you are, really, right? I would say that you're holding on to, um, you're actually watching opportunities blow by you. Because wow, you're holding on right. to all, Right, because you're holding on to all of the responsibility. And so right. what I find when I'm coaching entrepreneurs is, is that they are holding on to this vision so tightly, they won't even let a part of it go so someone can help them. Um, it's how much do you trust that others can do wh- what you want them to do or need them to do in your business. That's always a challenge. Um, so you think it becomes a trust issue then or just that, not, that person not understanding fully, for lack of a better word, uh, what the requirements are to run the business, especially being well, a startup and a brand-new entrepreneur? Right, right, right. What I split it's a combination. I'm not going to say right. that you know entre- right. all entrepreneurs can't trust other people. That's totally not the case. <laughs> I mean, there's pl- there plenty of people know how to trust others. It's just a matter of balance, right? Balance, which is what we're talking about. When do you let go? When do you hire more people? How do you know it's the right time? In many cases, if you're an entrepreneur, last week we talked about um, conditioning. What does it take to understand uh, that you're getting ready to go out and do this? And you're be, it's a 24-hour job. Um, that um, mindset has to be there to know that you won't know everything, right? You have to know that you're going to do this. You have the passion for it, and you will need resources. You will need help. And so the coaching comes in to, to help you know now, okay, this is when you go find this particular resource to add value to your business. You don't always have right. to hire permanently. You can contract out work. Right, and, and yeah. so that it's a temporary expense, if you will, and it doesn't add overhead. It becomes a variable cost on your book, and then you move on. So you get the source resources you need when you need them, um, and let go. But you, as an entrepreneur, you're in your basement, and you're one person. Recognizing that um, you may need to seek advice. <laughs> From a business coach, that's, that's or probably from the biggest piece. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, it's what's the trigger? I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a newbie out there. What's the trigger for me? I'm overwhelmed. I've got papers stacked up everywhere, and I don't, I don't know that there's a coach out there that's gonna help me. I don't know that that exists. I'm, I'm new. I just found a great thing where I'm building widgets. I'm setting up everything right. with a manufacturer, and I know this thing. I'm on something hot, and this thing is gonna pop. How do right. I? I know, but what's the trigger? Is well, they, it, well they know now because they're listening to ESCN. <laughs> there you go. That's and I coach right. 360 well, production. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Angelia mentioned this last week, and it's staying connected to a network, right? And so making sure that you're um, reading and listening uh, to other sources and talking to people, going to um, the professional development opportunities that are out like our Breakthrough Business Channel weekend just to touch base with other people. You don't want to isolate yourself in your basement while you're overwhelmed with all of this paperwork. And and here's the other thing, right? Someone will say, well, where do I find the time to do that? Right? Well, it's like if you don't find the time, then you will be. (laughs) Right, right. It'll either cost you now or cost you later. Absolutely. Exactly. So the trigger, Michael, is if you have stacks and stacks of paper, 
and you are overwhelmed, that might be a clue. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, but this is the time to just kind of take a step back uh, um, and really gain a different perspective and talk to someone. And, you know, from from my own experiences, it's not either or, it's both and. And so to your Absolutely. point, it is it is running the business. I had somebody ask me at last year's Breakthrough Business Challenge this question. They said, uh, do I do this or that? I said, you don't do this or that. You do this and that. Because mm-hmm. uh, there is no such thing, back to Reggie's point, of working less than that 24 hours or being engaged in your business. It, it takes all of that, and that is why it, it that is the birth of iCoach360, quite honestly, is how do we wrap around entrepreneurs and help them navigate um, the, the landscape? Right. Now, now I would add that, that there is the opportunity to balance. We're talking about working 24 hours. It's not this doomsday scenario. It is very much the case that people who are successful entrepreneurs are working in their passion somehow. And so because they're passionate about it, um, having all of their attention on it is not that stressful. I mean, it, it's a stressful situation, but it is not so overwhelming, you know, that you work yourself into a grave. Most are happy because of the challenge, right? And so it, I, I it's don't really know about being, that one, Diane. I love what I do, but I am, uh, I am maxed out. I enjoy the well, hell out yeah. of it. But <laughs> Well, that's when you need to find resources, right? I, I would suggest. And, and I agree. I, I, I understand your point because there's times when you are leaving uh, to go to an appointment or something and you are in your car and your entrepreneurial brain is always thinking of ways to improve that business. And so to your That's point, you're not right. sitting at your desk 24 hours a day. You're not stressed out right. 24 hours a day. But you're thinking, oh, wow, if I do this, how does this change that? So That's what I you're mean. thinking about yes. the dynamics in your business every single day. And the challenge is exhilarating. I mean, it is uh, what gets right. you up every morning. Absolutely. Because you're thinking about the possibilities, right? You're thinking about what could possibly happen if you try this and you try that. And, and not everything is going to work. And there are going to be times when um, something you tried is not successful. But you keep it moving because you have such an interest and passion about this effort and you you believe. You know, the Believe Coach last week talked about how important it is to want to do what it is that you're doing, you know? Right, and I also want to just say that you're not failing, you're learning. You you learn what did not work. So I don't mm-hmm. think that the, someone has failed at something, so you pick up the mantle and go, okay, this did not work. And maybe some elements of it worked, and you're able to change that and move that into into something uh, into something new. Yeah. But, Michael, what you're saying is fair. You know, at some point, you're overwhelmed, you're, you know, maxed out, and you're tired. You know, that's, that's valid. Okay, guys, we need to take a small uh, commercial break here. We'll be right back. Have you ever heard of a voiceover artist? People listen to them daily. Because companies use voiceovers to help show consumers a picture with their voices of the services or products, and they love them. Well, it can if you hire the professional voiceover services of Michael Dawson. It doesn't matter if it's a radio or television commercial, an in-store announcement, a character for a video game, or some menu option for a phone system. 
When you need professionally recorded voiceover work done, call Michael Dawson at 630-715-3378 or visit his website at www.michaeldawsonvo.com. That's Michael Dawson at 630-715-3378 or visit his website at www.michaeldawsonvo.com. And remember, words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with shades of deeper meaning. 50 entrepreneurs, one weekend, dynamic results. Will you make over $1 million in your business this year? If not, you need to be here. The Breakthrough Business Challenge Weekend, October 9th through the 10th in Oak Brook, Illinois. Let's face it, we've all been kept awake by business concerns like, how can I launch and grow a successful business? And how will I finance it all? At the Breakthrough Business Challenge Weekend, you will meet with nationally recognized entrepreneurs coaches, and industry leaders to work on your business and learn how to get clear about your future and align your activities to achieve your goals. Join our panel discussion on financing the dream with Wintrust Bank, VEDC, and former NFL player, now angel investor, Mr. Corey Mays. Are you ready for executable strategies that you can use on Monday morning? If so, get started today on your goals of becoming a better leader, creating your desired results, and building the life you dream of at the Breakthrough Business Challenge Weekend. Sign up today by calling 630-613-7360 or visit our website at www.bbcweekend.com. Space is limited. Secure your seat today. 630-613-7360 or visit our website at www.bbcweekend.com From the boardroom to you Voice America Business Network You are listening to ESCN and I Coach 360 Production To reach our live program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send questions or comments to escn at i-coach360.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. We're back. Thank you so much for tuning back in to ESCN on iCoach360 production. Boy, that was really nice, uh, that previous discussion that we had, Diane. I really uh, appreciate you adding that insight in that regards. Uh, still haven't figured it out yet, but it'll be a great discussion around the, uh, the, uh, the board table the next time we, uh, we meet as a group, that's for sure. Hey, I've got a question for you guys. Brand-new entrepreneur, just starting out uh, with the advent of social media. How do you guys see or what should an entrepreneur right out of the box uh, consider doing and how should they balance that social media piece of their business with actually running the business itself and I know that's part of the equation in terms of running it but making sure all the other pieces or the facets of the business doesn't get uh, get left behind. I think I'll take that one. <laughs> I know how much my co-host Diane loves uh, social media. So, right. Uh, <laughs> Love so it. The, yeah, right, exactly. So the advent of social media I think 
is both a benefit and a hindrance. Okay, so I think that it is, I know it is very time consuming. So I do think that there is ways for that brand new entrepreneur to make their business look bigger um, and more relevant by being on social media. And I do know that it also takes an enormous amount of time to do that. Very, very humongous. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think that there are resources out there, kind of like what Diane uh, alluded to earlier, is you do not have to do everything. Is there someone who loves social media, is really good at being able to connect you and help you generate that community that you can either uh, contract or, or um barter with, I think that that is a way for smaller entrepreneurs to get that done. But I do think in this uh, in this instant age, it is a distraction and it is very time consuming. And if that owner is spending the time doing that, I think it takes away from that daily focus on the actual business. Does it matter which uh, social media uh, venue you, you travel down, whether it's Facebook or uh Instagram or some of the other many that's out there, LinkedIn, uh, does, does one have a preference over the other? I think it's going to depend on what industry you're in. It's interesting you're talking about this. My son is a post-production film editor. There is a social media platform out there called Stage 32. It is the LinkedIn for folks who are in the creative industry. So if it's a voiceover talent, if it's an actor, actress, or editor, a film producer, a writer, they are on Stage 32. They're not on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is more if you're in a business setting. So, I mean, there is an enormous, you know, now there's there's Snapchat and Periscope and, and Meerkat. So there's a little bit of everything out there for everybody. Um, I do think it just matters uh, to find out, first of all, where's your audience? Where's your audience? What? It's no different than years ago we would say, what's your client reading? You should be reading what your client is reading. Sure. Right? So now it's where is your audience? What are they following? If, if your uh, business is a bakery, it's all about those pictures. That's Instagram. If you don't have any pictures to take because you're building some kind of a manual, that you're not on Instagram. So, I mean, I think it just depends on what industry you're in, quite frankly. And, you know, and those things are really, really important. It's almost like your new marketing uh, channel, right, for uh, almost your distribution and marketing approach. The two things that I would say adding to what Angelita is speaking about in terms of the balance of social media is, one, Social media can be the new way um, to get information out on what you are doing, what you are planning to do, what you are currently doing, and um, to, to get it to the right um, area or the right marketplace, if you will, the right audience is really, really important. Now, here's the flip side of that, Michael. What we were talking about before what happens when you're overwhelmed and overworked as the entrepreneur, even if you contract out the social media work, you must be ready for social media to hit because <laughs> if you, right. in fact, get it right, right? right? You right. have yeah. to have the capacity to serve those clients. <laughs> so if Absolutely. you have someone tweeting on your behalf and then your website blows up because of it, you have to have somebody who's going to also not just tweet, but answer, right, <laughs> right emails right. or the, the responses on Twitter. You have to have someone to tweet back. You have to have someone to review what's coming in, and, you know. And so 
the capacity is really, really important, which is why planning is important. And so if you want to use social media as a primary marketing tool, which is great now, Angelia mentioned so many different approaches, um, knowing your audience is important, knowing where they are is important. And then if you get all of that right and then have someone who loves social media, who has the capability to hit social media in the appropriate way, you can receive volumes and volumes of input back from the consumer, digging through what's real, what's just chatter, um, what's important, what is not important. All that has to happen as well. What do you respond to? Does that mean you act in a particular way? Do you then increase your production if you're building a product? If you are a small bakery and you put pictures out on Instagram and then people really demand your product, then what do you do? Well, it has right. that front end has an impact on the back end. So right. your operations, if you will, have to change. So then now you might be, <laughs> Michael, you might even be faithful. With, Wait a minute. Do I <laughs> even busier, right? There you go. Exactly. Yep. It, all, it all works together. And so all well, we, I think we've seen connected. it because I've seen it where Groupon has put out a coupon for something and that you show up to that business and they are completely inundated. Diane, that leads me to another question similar to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, if you're sifting through all this data, you're getting all these hits on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, how much of that is really worthy of business? I mean, you just don't know. There could be a, a, a diamond uh, in all the, the graft up uh, uh, sourcing that's in there, or it could be all just a lot of mumbo-jumbo. Now I've got to burn some time to go through there and sift through that to find out what's valuable information and what's not. Yes, you have to pick and choose. It's really important, one, to be grounded in your own strategic planning, right? So your business should have a mission. You should have a vision, a purpose, right? And as an entrepreneur, whoever is in your um, employee base working for you and with you, those people should understand what the mission vision is of the organization, where you're trying to head, short-term and long-term. And so that person who's working with you in social media has some idea, or if, if you get someone else besides the person who is doing social media to review what is coming back through social media, it's really that you have an employee or someone assisting you who understands what your business is about, and then that person, if it's not the entrepreneur or the head of the organization themselves, themselves it is someone who understands where we're headed as an organization, who can sift through all of those things. It's true whether Look. you're using social media or not. Um, right, right. No, same to... process. I agree. Yeah, it's the but, same process but I, but I, whether you're using social media or not. Yeah, I guess my problem or my concern is always the, the one-off entrepreneur. You don't have two or three bodies there. It's just you. You get the vision, the whole nine. Now you're running with all these balls. You're juggling like crazy. Do I spend mm -hmm. the time? to carve out, to go through my social media hits to see what's valuable and what's not valuable. Yeah, yeah. and I know the answer. Ultimately, you've got to do it. <laughs> right. The question is, what do you give up to do that to find out whether it's worthwhile or not? If that's where your audience is, you have to spend the time on the front end and the back end to Diane's point. So the front end to get the message out on the back end to sift through it because it's possible that someone's out there uh, and has some brand confusion. What if they're out there saying something negative about your brand? You have to know what's being said and uh, what's being um, 
put into the marketplace about your about your product or service. So do I hear you guys saying that we should treat social media or an entrepreneur should treat social media just like it's a phone message that somebody just called asking about your particular product or service? Absolutely. You've got Absolutely. to follow up. Yeah, yes. Whether it's a phone call. Yeah. That's yes. great. It's just a different, so, now it's just, we're in a different age. It's a different medium. But it's the same kind of process and the same issue as years, years ago. It's the same. It's the same. It's just a different resource now. That's all. So, as I, as I mentioned earlier, but I didn't hear you guys' uh, response back, and I apologize for that. Would it be a safe, safe assumption that an entrepreneur, based on the, the uh, edge that we're in, that they should include or seriously consider including uh, advertising dollars for social media in their budget? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, yes. I, don't, I would agree. Yes. I don't think now, there's very much that we can sell in this day and age without it. Well, and that's the case, but this is the other thing. We keep talking about this whole uh, long ranger as the entrepreneur who doesn't have much in terms of resources and is doing things by themselves. Um, there are plenty of people out there doing that and, and making that effort. It's really important not to bite off more than you can chew, though. Okay? And so, uh, either you have, we talked about balancing resources. Either you have the resources to, um, hire or contract additional help for these kinds of things, or you don't. And that's when we can talk about financing another time, but that's when you try to determine if if a line of credit is really important in order to um, borrow for resources, if you will, so that you can pay someone to do these things. But if you don't have the capacity, do not do it, okay? I, I am really an operations-focused person when it comes to this. As Angelia mentioned, the bakery that puts out a Groupon and then everybody shows up with the Groupon and they have fear and the headlight looks in their face, they have to really understand that that Groupon can cause a capacity issue. If they cannot serve the customer, right, that customer is not coming back or will think twice about coming back or will certainly not give a referral, may not try you again. So Capacity and right. operations and the ability to service the customer is as important as the customer knowing that you are there. One cannot go without the other. All right. No, I agree with you. That makes sense. Well, we've come to the end of another great show. We'd like to thank you guys for joining in. And just remember, if you feel like you have a compelling entrepreneur story that you'd like to share with us, go to our website at www www.i-coach360.com or send us a note at escn at i-coach360.com Who knows? Your story just might end up on ESCN where we can have similar discussions about this. As usual, it's been great discussing the various business topics and we look forward to hearing from you guys next week and bringing, bringing the language to you guys next week or bringing the dialogue to you guys next week. So tune in at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for more valuable insight from ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. Thank you for tuning into ESCN. Please join Michael Dawson, Angelia Hobson, and Diane Daniels for another edition next Saturday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Or catch a weekly rebroadcast on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about what iCoach360 can do for you and your business, visit i-coach360.com. Have a great week.